Welcome to the Brisbane Broker Podcast, hosted by the Newstate Group. Each month, our brokers discuss the latest updates in the mortgage broking and finance industry to help our listeners better understand the scope of buying, investing, and refinancing property. A quick disclaimer, our podcast contains information that is general in nature, and we recommend seeking the guidance of a financial services professional to acquire financial advice. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome. Uh, how are you going, guys? Good, good. good. <laughs> cool. Um, I'm Bobby. Cade. Ashley. And this is the Brisbane Broker Podcast. Hey. Back at it again. Good to be here. <laughs> uh, so uh, what are we talking about today, guys? Yeah, I, I think we should jump just into what we're kind of seeing in the industry first. Mm. But uh, I would also like to, um, one of the big topics is just make an offer. Uh, yeah. There's such a long process to it, and we're getting a lot of questions about it at the moment. Different market for making an offer, but uh, I, I think it's definitely worth talking about how we can approach it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, firstly, we should maybe jump into some Borka talk, um, yeah. talk about the industry, what's uh, <laughs> what's going on, uh, what we're seeing. Um, as we did last last um, episode, mm. we discussed some rates, property prices, valuations. Yeah. Uh, what's an update for, for this month? What have you been seeing? I don't know. Nothing major has changed since last month. Um, seeing pretty standard growth, like nothing to be really highlight. I think rates have kind of gone up a little bit again, mm. uh, fixed rates. Um, even one of uh, uh, the bigger lenders has kind of crept into that big four as well from from a lodgement perspective, uh, seeing their rates go up was a real mm. shock to the system uh, only within the past 24 hours. Uh, just fixed rates, though. Variable rates still very healthy, very competitive. Um, but that that really threw things off a bit. It kind of opens up the next twelve to twenty four months as being, hey, what's what's the play here? For sure. When do you think we might see those variable rates start to increase? I know that's hard to predict. Uh, like, I think seven months for me. Uh, that, that's where I'm sitting. Yeah, I guess when you consider when those. Um, those fixed rates with really competitive prices last mm. year and the year before were like when they're yeah. due to expire. You'd think that might be when they <laughs> well when they catch up. Being one percent over or even one point four percent over as fixed rates for some lenders over variable rates. That's crazy. I know. I know. I, it's just a market prediction. Uh, what what a what a scary position to be in. Like it, basically, if you see the banks that have two years fixed rates sitting at 1.5% over, they're basically expecting variable rates to be up that 1.5 or even more yeah. to price in that that change of margin up until the point that the rate goes up, which means mm. that you might actually see rates potentially go up by 2.25%, <laughs> which is just a crazy idea. I think November is a month mm. that's been thrown around a little bit by a couple of banks. Mm-hmm. For some movement. Interesting. Stay tuned. Ooh. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> How about valuations? Have they been stacking up in the last month or so? Big time. Yep. They've 10 been, out of 10. <laughs> they've yep. been really good. I'd say mine also have been, maybe two, yeah. <laughs> two out of three. Two out of three? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of weird because we kind of saw them all slumping and uh, now the values are kind of just good yeah. to go. Green yeah. light. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I love it. And uh, have you been working with many investment clients lately or? 
Not so much. More more owner-occupied property. Yeah, yeah. heaps of owner-occupied. I've seen a little bit of um, vacant land purchase for land holding kind of scenarios, which is a bit fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Always a tricky one to kind of navigate. Banks don't like vacant land very much. No. And what's the reason for that? Just wanting to relocate um, or hold land. It's um, generally easier to do a cash purchase in those kind of scenarios. So. Mm. When we look at that, we'll generally look at pulling equity out of owner-occupied properties Mm -hmm. or investment properties, things like that. Yep. Mm. Yep. Doing a few overseas purchases at the moment, which is pretty fun. Um, And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. A bit of favourable purchase, so buying from family or transferring property through family, which is exciting. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much mine. A lot of owner-occupied, which is good. A lot Mm. of relocation. Um, Yeah, pretty much... uh, what, what Ashley is facing as well, just without the vacant land. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you, Bobby, what are you saying? Uh, yeah, very similar as well, to be honest. Like, it, it seems to be pretty unanimous. Like, we're, we're working on similar things. Like, mm. like you said, lots and lots of owner-occupied purchases. Um, mm-hmm. Still seeing a lot of first home buyers that... Um, that re-up of the uh, FHLDS spaces, like, we've yeah. been churning through a few of those, like, yep. more than I expected. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are those spaces going? Like, we we made a prediction a couple of months ago, didn't we? <laughs> Not many left. No. Yeah. Was 600 or something? Something like that, yeah. A few banks in the last week have come out and mm. said, no, we're done or we're almost yeah. done. Mm. So I don't expect them to hang around for too much longer. Yeah. Uh, government's out. Mm. So we've had enough. <laughs> They're done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we'll see more in July or not. No, I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. No. 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 I think it's had its run. I think they've probably tapped out on their risk level. 10,000 people have gotten into their first home with a 5% deposit or more uh, without mm. paying mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's great. That's Insane. fantastic. That's Just this year alone. Just this year alone. Yeah. Just Today. This financial year alone. But yeah, investment space is kind of uh, not really moving too much. Um, I think it kind of got tapped out pretty heavily. Property prices went up really, 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 really steadily. Mm. And a lot of people are just kind of retracting from the market, selling their investments, if anything, and um, double downing on their own occupied properties, yeah. uh, relocating to a bigger property, uh, using that equity to maybe buy something investment-wise, but... Uh, I, I think the majority of invest- investors that I work with are kind of slowing down a bit, mm. either selling or just holding and waiting to see what happens yeah. at this point. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, what about commercial space? There's a bit in the pipeline there. There's, there's a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, I think some of the similar stuff that we were working on last month, we're mm. still chipping away at but it's really exciting to see what's happening in the space and what the next few months will hold for commercial like we're getting into it more and more and learning more and more and yeah it's really fun still shocked by the fast food industry that we (laughs) we never thought we'd dabble in yeah (laughs) yum yum Mm. they're really really interesting projects to work on Mm. um, but they do take a while so we find that when we work on these projects it's kind of a Mm. two to six month yep ordeal i guess yep. um but it's a lot of fun yeah it's, uh, it's funny the the specifics you learn about these mm. certain industries that you mm. just wouldn't learn about otherwise that, that banks need to know about before they can consider being interested in yeah 
Absolutely. It's, yeah. I, I think uh, another thing as well is commercial space is already moving on rates. Uh, mm-hmm. We are seeing rates going up, uh, even on variable rate loans. Commercial is a little bit uh, well, more risk adverse in the sense that they want a high deposit, they want a more stable client, uh, they want you to have a bit of backing or some kind of profile behind you. Uh, that is something that we are seeing um, having an impact through to rates already. So we are seeing some rate rises already in the commercial space on variable, which is mm. uh, getting a little bit more mm. interesting. Yeah, that's uh, sure. moving before resi, which is yeah, yeah, a, a strange pace. Um, but what about the uh, conference? Yeah, we did yeah. one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Well, that was fun. Yeah, where'd we go? What did we learn? Well, yeah, we could. <laughs> uh, I, I would have, there'd be a lot more learning to it. <laughs> but it was good. Uh, FBAA, so the Finance Brokers Association of Australia, uh, put on a really sweet gig down the coast as mm-hmm. uh, so we headed down there uh, last week. And um, yeah, learned, learned a few things, played a racing car simulator, mm-hmm. uh, which was cool. That I think was. Landed on second. On yeah, that. you did. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Oh. One minute twelve, I think, was the lap. Something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it was one fourteen. Might have been around one seventeen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, I'll take it. Yeah, the Gold Coast is beautiful. I mm. thought it would have been much more flood affected, but uh, yeah, mm. it was really nice. Yeah, it was nice to get away for a couple of nights and yep. hang out. Yeah, it was good. Mm. It was good. What are the floods doing to property mm. in the last couple of weeks? It's it's hard to say not too much because obviously a lot of people have been impacted. Mm. But uh, from from our standpoint, or from from a broking standpoint, um, I've noticed that uh, some financiers are asking people to sign a letter prior to settlement. We we have heard rumours that properties, even once approved or loans once approved to purchase properties, uh, some lenders are requesting a second evaluation on the property to ensure mm. it's not flood affected. But there's a lot to come on the back of this um, with insurance and also on the back of it with finance and future. So watch this very, mm-hmm. very tricky space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Murky. There's very already murky. a fair bit of policy around um, flood ratings in suburbs and specific product properties, rather. I think that's going to ramp up. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, the Brisbane Council, they do have that one in a hundred map and that's, yeah, of, of how many times a property is flooded. It's now become two in ten. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's <laughs> so bad. It's such a tricky scenario to, to have been flooded twice in such a short period of time. Yeah. The impact and the, and the run onto the finance industry could potentially mean that lenders will just not touch certain areas like the, the, those kind of streets or or at least want a huge deposit, um, which is very concerning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very, very tricky times for that. Mm. We yeah. probably only work on a few flood-affected deals mm. uh, that come through. Like, the, not every property is there, but this could see a lot more join in the trickier <laughs> yeah. Yeah. side of things. Um, but yeah, topic today. Let's go into it. Let's run through. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Make you an offer. Yeah. So, uh, good stuff. Uh, Bobby, do you want to start off? Yeah, for sure. So I suppose it's one, it, it, it's such an important part of the process, of course. If you don't do it, you don't buy a house. So, like, you, you've got all your ducks in a row. You've um, spoken to your broker. You know what you can buy. But when do you make an offer? How much do you offer? Like, how many offers can you make on a property? Like, if you haven't done it before, it can be a really daunting process. Um, but I suppose I'll just throw it out to you. Like, when is the best time to make an offer? What do you think? 
after you've spoken spoken to your broker. Mm-hmm. I think that's one part of it. <laughs> if you've got the cash to buy the property, go nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you need a bank's involvement, yeah, speak to a broker. Get get finance approval in place. Um, get out of you know mum and dad's place. <laughs> Have some fun. <laughs> get, get <laughs> Enjoy. Um, but that yeah, finance approval is really important nowadays. Uh, real estates sometimes won't even touch you without it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they won't. You know. Yeah, for sure. Like, what's that all about? Like, is that? <laughs> do, do you think that's it's a thing? It is a thing. Like, do you think that's fair? Like. It, not really, um, but at the same time, uh, I think a lot of real estate is saying, do you have finance so that they can refer you to their broker mm. or so they can refer you to a referral source to, mm. to get a commission mm-hmm. from that, um, depending on their structure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a thing. It shouldn't be. It never used to be a thing. Mm. They never used to ask you to present proof that you've got finance approved. Uh, mm. I think that's crazy. Imagine looking at a place and being like, I really want to buy this place. And your financial circumstances are great. And then the real estate just says, look, you can't make an offer without finance. I think that's, that's mm. nuts. That's, <laughs> what, a, what a weird scenario, right? Like, Bonkers. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just, it's just a weird thing. Big you, time. You used to have 21 days to just kind of get your stuff together. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, now you don't. No. <laughs> so that's it. Done so. In saying that, you don't need a pre-approval. You don't need it, but... But in this market, it's... Like, <laughs> we should all just go out to places and just like check out what the, what the lay of the land is because we've had clients that have been looking for places for three, four months now yeah. and they have pre-approvals. Mm. It's a really tricky market. It just doesn't carry any, any extra mm. weight. Like, yeah. Sometimes. Like, or we, we have, we've seen it go both ways. That yeah. Some people wouldn't have gotten a property if they didn't have a pre-approval mm. and then the other side, like... It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I suppose for the peace of mind before making an offer on a property, if you've got that, like even if it's just for yourself as a buyer, if you've got that pre-approval in place from a lender, mm. it, it just gives you that confidence, that boost to be like, yep, yeah, okay, I I am a serious option for this. Like yep. my income is uh, standard, like my income is suitable for the property, my expenditure, my other liabilities, like it all matches up, I could technically afford this place. Yep. So, so yeah, but I think it's really good to have, but yeah, it's a bit... Yeah. It's, it's a bit much. <laughs> I still encourage it, definitely. But mm. then you've got these other uh, buyers out there that, that are in a really good scenario that they feel like they might not need to get a pre-approval. Mm. And, and the market used to be different. Mm. You didn't used to have these things. So, like pre-approval. Um, a lot of real estate agents just won't even consider it, which it's still really weird to me. For sure. I came from the 21-day market. You know, people would go out, find a property, sign a contract, come through, apply for finance, and then work it out. Mm. Not recommended, of course, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, that used to be a normal thing. Now we, we can't see a contract without having that finance approval in place, which means that for brokers and for us, we generally do a lot of work uh, before mm. even finding out if you can find a property which is a really tricky scenario. Uh, I think we mentioned this the other week where a lot of brokers just aren't even doing pre-approvals anymore because the the property market's just so busted that finding a place is almost impossible or they're charging Mm. an upfront fee. Well, yes, we do the pre-approval. We go through the whole assessment process. It's uh, it's a lot of work. Mm. Um, We get the pre-approval in place and then you might not find a property in 90 days. Mm. 95 days comes around and you do find a property... And we essentially have to do the entire application all over again. Yep. Um, 
and it's twice the amount of work, twice the amount of time and twice the amount of effort for both the clients and us. Yeah, that's a lot. Who can top this? The other day, (laughs) some clients of mine purchased a property 83 days into their 90-day pre-approval period. That's great. I got 93 days. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what so what what happens in that in that scenario? It depends on the lender. Most lenders or a lot of lenders will say 90 days, that's it, new application. Some lenders, especially some of the bigger lenders, will generally say you're valid for your 90 days. After that 90 days, there's a further 90 days where you can submit new documents and mm-hmm. it's still um relatively valid. So in that particular scenario, it was just updated payslips and Mm -hmm. an updated savings statement, which is pretty standard even when you upgrade a pre-approval during the first 90 days. Oh, absolutely. It was actually relatively cruisy. I have another one, though, that's just expired and that will be an entirely new application. Mm -hmm. So that'll be fun. So we've kind of covered off that you need to go see a broker, uh, get a pre-approval before making an offer. What would be ideal? Um, what about uh, solicitors? When do they come into play? When should you approach a solicitor or a conveyancer? Uh, besides the normal getting legal advice or mm-hmm. if you have any questions, we can't answer those legal questions. So when should we bring a solicitor into play? Should it be before making an offer or should it be at the point that you're about to sign the contract? Or I think it comes down to personal comfort mm. uh, to, an, to an extent. Mm. It doesn't hurt to make a point of contact with the person that you intend mm. to deal with. Um, that way you know they exist, they know you exist. Mm. They, you might be contacting them in the next few months or a few weeks mm. or however long. But uh, realistically, a lot of them, um, from what I understand, are ready to go. Like, yeah. uh, It might not be same day, but um, if, if you com- come to them with a contract, say, please check this out. Um, yeah. I'm wanting to sign this as soon as possible. Yep. Uh, so I want before to- you sign it, basically. Before you sign the yep. contract, mm-hmm. great. it's the big, yeah. The yeah. most <laughs> common time I see solicitors get involved is once an offer has been verbally accepted. Yep. Then you kind of all systems go contact your solicitor, contact your broker. Um, that's the period of time between acceptance and signing where the solicitor gets involved and has a look over everything, raises any issues, um, and then obviously they're involved from there on out as well. Yeah, and a, a lot of um, clients get a little bit scared, especially first home buyers, when it comes to solicitors because it sounds like a scary word, mm-hmm. a very expensive word. Like you kind of watch shows like Suits and stuff, and <laughs> you kind of see these billings, and you're like, oh my gosh, are these guys going to bill me by the hour? Most solicitors are flat fee, uh, so we usually see like somewhere between eight hundred and two thousand dollars, somewhere in the vicinity of that, plus searches and and whatever. That's just their professional service fee. So they will usually quote you at the start. So don't think it's um you know. They're, they're out having lunch, <laughs> like a retainer or something. You send the deposit to the solicitor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not not a scary thing to, mm-hmm. to reach out to a solicitor, especially somebody that's focusing in conveyancing. Uh, mm. Is don't don't just reach out to a, like a commercial lawyer or something. <laughs> there are people that specialize in this. And if you want to uh, get some ideas, just let us know, and yeah. we can see you through some details. We work with some really great solicitors, and yeah. always happy to um, refer refer yeah. our clients onto them because we know that they'll be taken care of. Yeah, Bridge Legal are pretty good. Mm. <laughs> Map Lawyers, yeah, <laughs> Sean Taylor, yeah, <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, some really good ones in Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Here's a fun one. Mm. How do you make an offer? 
Uh, there's a lot of ways. Yeah. There are, right? It's, it's very dependent on the real estate agent and the mm. agent's process. Mm. I've seen probably three primary ways to make an offer. One being a physical form the agent will give you when you go to an open home mm. with, this is what I want to pay for it, these are my contact details, these are my terms. The next one being um, a email to the mm. agent to say, this is what my offer is. Can you please pass it on? Mm -hmm. And the third one, which I'm seeing more and more commonly, is a QR code to a digital offer mm. form. The future it's is the world. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Ray White, I believe, is doing it where mm. you scan the QR code and it's like a drop-down options offer form and you oh press submit Yeah, somebody and it, calls it, you. And that's got the, do you have finance organised yeah, or not? Yeah. Um, do you want referral to yeah. someone? And then the broker calls you. Yeah. Well, we're seeing that on the uh, Coronas one, the green mm. tick form, yeah. which is just basically fill it out. Have you got finance? It's like this whole green tick form mm. of if you're a valid applicant or basically pigeonholing <laughs> your circumstances. <laughs> There's also a fourth option that I know for a fact that somebody in this room <laughs> took when they purchased their place mm. about... We shared about, I mean, they shared about half yeah. a bottle of wine each on a Thursday night and just sent a, sent a text to their real estate <laughs> agent saying, hey, this is our offer. Oh, there you go. I don't know who that was. It's, <laughs> I've heard it's one of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you, like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just highlighting that you can actually just send a text. It's in yep. writing. It's yep. recorded. Like, And again, like you said, it... Depends on the broke uh, on the um, real estate agent, yeah. but uh, did yeah. that person have a pre-approval before? That person did. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. I, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I believe there is someone else in the room that, during the negotiation process on the property they bought, did all the negotiations over the phone with the agent. Okay, so okay. just yeah, ring up. Hey, this is what the vendors are thinking. Mm. All right, this is what that person is willing to uh, mm. go towards and get there that way. That wouldn't be Cade because I know he only communicates via fax. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Nobody gets them. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible business process. Fax uh, and then carrier pigeon. That's, uh, no, no, we use uh, ravens like in Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's a true story, true story. Uh, no, I, I know somebody else in this room. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people in this there, room. There, there is, yeah, that just did a one-pager. The, the real estate had a one-pager and um, you fill it out and uh, mm -hmm. put down your terms and accept it. So mm -hmm. there's so many ways to do it. It could have been text, phone call. Raven. One pager. Raven. <laughs> Probably wouldn't raven your offer. <laughs> I think I'll get it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, there's so many ways to do it. It's just human to human. Like you're talking to a real estate agent, mm. and that's or, or the vendor directly, depending on how how it's set up. Uh, that that's an offer in a nutshell. How do you, people? Yeah, Absolutely. people trying to sell a property. Yeah. How do you feel about on? like real estate websites, the uh, mm. offer's over. I hate it. X. <laughs> oh. so silly. Oh, it's annoying. The, it's, the only thing worse than that is just by negotiation. Mm. Oh, this, no price guide about, <laughs> oh, so frustrating. It makes it so hard. It just complicates the entire process mm -hmm. for a buyer. Well, my Morningside scenario, I was looking for to buy a place in Morningside, unconditional, go me. As, <laughs> as I went through, it was just uh, every single time I looked at a property, it, it said nothing on there. But then when I called up the agent, it was just, oh, that sold two mm. weeks ago. Mm. 
But would you like to view? But this would you place? like to view this one? And then when you pull up that one, it's oh, this is already under contract. <laughs> it's like a labyrinth of real estate. We don't want to sell you this one. That's <laughs> <laughs> weird. It's it's not a not a great position. Like just calling up all day trying That's to find. That's how a place. I ended up finding my place. Mm. I went to a um, open home, and I got there, and no one was there. Mm. And I rang up the agent and said. Hey, like what? I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Where are yeah. you? Yeah. They said, "Oh no, we sold that." It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you listed the open home. I'm here. I'm waiting. Oh, far out. <laughs> and they said, "It's all good. We've got another one. Come to this address at this time." Yeah. And I rocked up, and it was great. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. Sometimes that's... it works. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and what kind of things on a when you say an offer? We, we've been speaking about an offer. What mm. does that usually entail? Is that the, the I know it's the price point. What else do we usually put on an offer? Terms. What kind of terms? Finance mm-hmm. clause, generally. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Please nah. do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've got your building and pest clause mm-hmm. and then your settlement. Yep. And then generally you've got a box down the bottom of your paper or QR code or whatever that says special conditions or special terms. Mm-hmm. And that's generally where you'll put in anything specific. Yeah. Mostly pets. Pets. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pets or all the time. Bond clean if it's a tenanted property. Yep. Um, any little things that you're concerned about, that's where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cool. And your solicitor can help with those additional... Absolutely. Yeah. 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 If you're putting in those special conditions, 100% get your solicitor to read over them. So from a time frame, pre-approval, if you're not buying in cash or if you need the bank's money, make offers through the real estate, carry pigeon, fax, text, Mm. call whatever, um, open home, and then basically put the terms on there uh, that you speak to your broker about or to your solicitor about before signing the contract. And um, yeah, then then it's all systems go. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but I want to talk a little bit more just about what you mentioned before, Bobby, about offers over and Mm. this kind of stuff. I mean, what's that's that's one of the biggest things that we're seeing at the moment. People are too scared to make an offer because they don't know what the real estate's going to come back with. Uh, It's a really tricky market. What is a good way to determine what a property is valued at? Or what's a good way to work out what it's worth? Mm. <clears throat> Cut point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as brokers, we have access to uh, CoreLogic and RP data where we're able to view... It's data pulled from uh, historic sales in the area and mm. just pro- projected growth, I suppose, and like just suburb data. And that will spit out an indication of what the property may be worth um, with different uh, different levels of confidence. Yep. So we're always more than happy to run property reports mm. on a place before you make an offer. How much are you going to charge for that? <laughs> Is it going to be like a having lunch kind of retainer Ooh, deal? Or? Sounds all right. <laughs> um, but that can give you an indication. Uh, mm. I, I can go either way with those property reports because yeah, sometimes too. it can be they can hinder if if the if the figure is lower than what you are preparing to offer and then you get in your head am i offering too much like yeah. it and, and they don't take into consideration um like improvements on the property renovations and things mm. like that but if it's if it's a jumping off point for you yeah. like um, that report can be really really mm. helpful yeah. it's a really relevant one i've had a fair few people come to me lately where they've made offers or they have actually signed a contract and they've called me up and said, I'm really worried I paid too much for this. Yeah. Um, you know, even if the... And, and the other one, which is a really recent um, comment that I had made was, 
I'm really worried that I've paid too much for this. I think in the current market, the valuation will stack up. But what happens in six months' time if it's not worth that anymore? Mm. Um, which is definitely a, a tricky one to consider, especially if you're buying your first home. It's really scary. Mm. Yeah. The Australian property market does have a habit of going up, though. Absolutely. It's, it's proven to... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it might go down. What are you basing that on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> you got me. Uh, yeah, it has a habit of going up. Uh, it's, oh, gosh, it started so long ago and it's just kind of been climbing <laughs> since. Yeah. We, yeah, we, I mean, we've seen some some suburbs in uh, in Melbourne and in New South Wales plummet um, in past. I think it was like Dockside dropped like 13% or something crazy. But they just have a tendency to just go back up. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> so unless you're planning on flipping property... Uh, just to take that into consideration while making your offer. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit over market, but just don't don't overdo it, I guess, is probably my advice. Just do what you're comfortable with and buy into the market at that point because the chances are that if it goes down, it'll probably go back up. Mm. That's just the Australian property market. And even if it doesn't go down and you've just bought a little bit over market value for the current point in time, mm. odds are it's going to get there eventually. Yep. Yeah, mm. definitely. Another another thing on making offers, I've, I've had a few clients come to me saying that real estate agents or certain vendors will only accept an offer if you sign a contract with that offer. Mm-hmm. Have yep. you seen this? Yeah, absolutely. All the time. All the time. But that was happening before this whole market as well. Mm. We, we had just real estate agents just sending out contracts left, right and center with, through DocuSign. It's like, you know, that's uh, <laughs> a good chat. Sign this. <laughs> and if the vendor signs it, it's, it's on. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't think it's abnormal. I think as long as you put finance on there and speak to a solicitor before signing it, yeah, it's it's all good. Yeah. Cool. And do you think that vendors take into consideration more than just the offer price, or like, do you think they take oh, yeah. in, into consideration, say, a small family versus a single person, or like? That, that not so much, mm. not personal circumstance. I don't think they do. We, we've seen uh, in, in past scenarios that it has been taken into consideration, but at the same time, um, I, I, I don't think it is. Mm. I think that, that there's a transactional nature to, to what you're doing. I agree. I yeah. think I'd say like, I don't have the data on this, but um, let's say 99% of the time, definitely. Uh, <laughs> um, disclaimer. Uh, I'd say that the the highest offer is usually the, yeah. what goes through. Yeah, all, all Logically. Finance terms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was going to say um, sometimes if there are two offers and say they're maybe like five grand apart, mm. but the, the offer that's five grand lower the vendors are still happy with, but that offer's unconditional and the one five grand higher has a 21-day finance clause, mm, yep. that's a scenario where the vendor might take the lower offer because they prefer the terms. Mm. And, yeah, if there was a, if it was, say, a five grand difference, they might take into consideration who made the first offer. Like, if they're yeah. Yeah. two weeks apart, they might be like, well, yeah. well, you wouldn't want to be sitting on a contract for two weeks, but <laughs> 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 waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that kind of covers off on uh, terms on contracts uh, to a degree. Yeah, cool. Um, But besides that, uh, I I guess um, we've kind of covered off on pretty much most of making an offer. I can't really think of too much else. Just uh, there are properties coming up on the market again, which is great. Um, Everything's still moving, which is good to know. Nothing nothing too tricky there, but maybe we should jump into uh, listener questions, what what we've kind of been uh, having come through. 
feel yeah, like we need sure. a jingle for this. Yeah, we, we can jingle. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. <laughs> <laughs> Listener questions. <laughs> um, all right, I might ask you guys a couple of these if that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, here's one. Um, so, this one might be suitable for you, Cade. Uh, how does purchasing a property from a family member impact the finance process? This <laughs> <Yeah>. always <laughs> you, happens to me. I'm, yeah. al- I'm always doing favorable purchases. So. Yeah. Basically, when you buy a property from a family member, uh, it can be determined as what's called a favourable purchase, which is not at arm's length. Uh, You generally don't have a real estate, but you have a contract drafter between the two parties to make it amicable. So, essentially, uh, let's say, uh, hypothetical, you're buying a property from your parents. Your parents have an investment property or they're selling their owner-occupied to go jump in a caravan and go travel around or whatever they want to do. They just want to get rid of their debt or, or if there's no debt, they just want to get rid of their property because they don't really need it. So you buy it off the uh, off your parents. Now, y- you can do that uh, in a lot of scenarios without having a deposit because we use the equity of the home to cover the cost. It's, it's, it's quite a cool thing. Uh, it does put a few different things in place. Uh, a lot of lenders will do it, but there are probably about six particular lenders that are really, really good at it. Those lenders do things like uh, their valuations. They try and value it a little bit higher. They use a real valuation. They don't try and go, oh, you're buying it from your parents, so we're going to value it less. You can't use the equity. Mm. You've got to put in some kind of money. Prove to us that you can do it. A lot of lenders just look for either A, rental history, or B, just a little bit of savings just to show that you're not going to buy this place, have a loan, and then just kind of blow it all. (laughs) Yeah. So... Especially if you're coming from a scenario where where you're living in the property with your parents and not paying rent. So, basically, uh, favorable purchase, you can buy a property without having a deposit. There are lenders that can do that from your parents. Uh, We do recommend that you have a solicitor involved every time, though, uh, purely just to make sure that there's no hiccups and it's all, all very even, equal between all parties. For sure. Yeah. And so, in that process, do, like, in the example you're using... Mm -hmm. Do the parents need to provide some kind of letter saying they're yeah. gifting equity or... So, some lenders require it, others don't. Yeah. Uh, the most common form is a statutory declaration saying to, to our children, uh, in this hypothetical scenario, mm-hmm. to our children, we are gifting you equity equal to $500,000 or whatever it might be. Mm. And then you borrow the rest of the money if you need it from the bank to cover the rest of the cost. Let's say it's a million dollar property. Mm-hmm. You might need to pay five hundred thousand. Your parents gift you five hundred thousand, and that's that's the property. And then you need to pay the stamp duty separately. A lot of lenders won't fund the stamp duty as well, uh, which means that you have to have some kind of savings or get a gift from your parents, which will require another statutory declaration <laughs> saying that they're giving you the money to pay the stamp duty, or your parent you're paying for the stamp duty separately. So having a little bit of savings is nice. Uh, not having much debt is nice. If you come through to us and you're buying a property from your parents, but you don't have any history of savings, you're going out every Friday night, we're probably going to say, look, it's probably not the one for us because we still want to know that you can repay that loan when you do actually purchase that property. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, I guess we've covered on this one a bit, but is there anything to add here? Uh, I'm considering making my home loan fully variable. Should I do this? Is this crazy? It's not crazy. (laughs) No. Definitely not crazy, um, especially at the moment because Mm. variable rates are so much lower than fixed rates. I think the important thing to keep in mind with fully variable loans is generally if your loan is fully variable and three, six months down the track, everything starts to move um, rate-wise like crazy and you get scared and you want to lock in, you can fix in whenever you Mm. like. Um, You're not 
it's not like a fixed rate loan where you're bound to that variable rate. You can always change it. Um, I think there's also uh, you have to consider your personal flexibility and what you're actually looking for out of that variable rate loan. Is it purely for a cost saving? Is it to benefit from an offset account? Or um, are you looking to have flexibility to make extra repayments? There's there's a lot of different variables to look at and when you're deciding whether that's the right decision for you. For sure. If a variable rate loan, you, you do have that flexibility. Like if you've got the ability to save X amount of money from your pay each week, each fortnight, however mm-hmm. often you're paid, um, and you just chuck that into your offset or redraw. Mm-hmm. And like if you use a variable rate loan efficiently and well, it can save you so many years on yeah. on the term Absolutely. of the loan. And mm-hmm. rates rates kind of become an afterthought. Like mm-hmm. it's just more more so a facility that you're just paying down as quickly as you can mm-hmm. and yeah, just using to your advantage. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. If you want to do it, go for it. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, variable rate loans are great. Big, huge fan of them. Um, price point's really low. Uh, flexibility is great. The only problem is, um, just in relation to what you were talking about before, Ashley, was just if you fix in now, you're probably going to fix in a lower rate than if you've had to fix in in six months. So you've got the flexibility, but then you still bear the risk or the cost at that point in time. It's it's nice to have that, but fixing in now, maybe 2.6, 2.7 through a lot of lenders, circa. Uh, six months down the track, that could be 4% because they're pricing for the next two years or the next three years, the next four years, the next five years. There's already a few lenders that are creeping up to that kind of 3.5, 3.8. Uh, yeah. yeah, scary stuff. I was, I was doing a three-year fixed comparison this morning and they're all... Oh. I think I saw one with a two in front of it. Like yeah. they're all three point one to three point five mostly. Tell me later who it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, but two year fix are still a bit lower. Like yeah. kind of two point seven to three point one. What about the four year? Fi- oh, sorry, the four percent <laughs> fix. Like I know that that was without the package, but the four percent mm. that we saw before, like mm. just as kind of a. Pretty big lender too. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's like four point four point one. one? It was four point one nine or something. Something, like yeah. that. something ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's coming. It's, it's happening. Uh, mm. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Up the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So I've got another one here. Mm-hmm. I'd like to purchase an owner-occupied property interstate. What issues might I run into? Mm. Mm. I think we're all dealing with this we at are, the moment. Yeah, we are all dealing with this. Wait, are you, oh, you yeah, are? Yeah, you are. Yeah, we're all yeah. dealing with this. Yeah, we all have this exact oh. scenario. Mm-hmm. Should we say it on three? <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> employment. Uh, uh, yeah, employment's the biggest one, of course. And and for me, transport. Coming back to work in the same job. So employment, but mm. transport. Mm. <laughs> Flying back interstate. It's big. It's If you weird. work from home... Oh, yeah. Really easy. Oh, party on. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Otherwise, in a nutshell, you you go to a lender and say, hey, this is what I'm currently earning. This is the current job that I'm in. This is where I'm living. I mm. want to move to Perth. Um, sure. I'm living in Brisbane. I want to move to Perth. Not the greatest place to move to. <laughs> Long commute. Um, <laughs> when I get there, I don't have a job. I don't mm. know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to buy a property. Mm. The bank immediately goes... 
what happens if you don't find a job? What <laughs> happens if you can't get a job? Then you own a home, you owe yep. us debt, and you've got no income. Yep. Um, then never. You could just get a job, right? <laughs> <laughs> never Go to the job shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Like, uh, I mean, uh, what do we use for the income? The only thing we can use is just the proposed income, mm. or unless you're working from home and and you can just make yeah. that work. I think yeah. in that scenario, there's two big options. Obviously, there's other options, but the two big ones are line up a job before mm. you go um, mm. so that you line up moving with having that job mm-hmm. so that we can at least have an employment contract and one payslip. And then the second one is relocate, rent for mm. a couple of months. Three to six months. Find yourself a job, find yourself a property and then get everything ready to go once you're settled. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky one. And I suppose even if you do line up a job before you move, even the lenders that are more lenient with uh, probation clauses and things like that, mm-hmm. they're often going to want at least one payslip. So exactly. that's at least mm. one week, one, one fortnight, one yeah. month in yeah. your new job anyway. Yeah. So you're going to need to be there working that job. Mm. Like, Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's, I, it's I a really just, tricky thing to plan. Yeah. I've just had a, a thought of one more way to do it um, would be if it's not something you wanted to do immediately and you were kind of two or three years down mm. the track of, hey, eventually I want to move to X, mm-hmm. Y, Z, um, you could always look at buying investment property in that state mm. while you're still living and working um, where yeah. you are and then do a switcheroo down the track. Yeah, absolutely. I think rent down there for six months because the thing is with rental property is you can show a contract usually for proof mm. of income rather than a payslip, yep. which means you can actually just sign a job, move down there, stay there for six months, then mm-hmm. buy a place. The tricky thing, that's definitely a good option, Ashley, but the tricky thing is you're still interstate making offers on places that you can't see. Like, it's it's not ideal, but it's definitely definitely a solution. You're either spending money, you know, flying or driving back and forth looking at property, or you're just buying blind. Or hopefully you've got someone in that city or Mm, town or whatever that can check it out for you. Yes, the Ravens. Uh, We got another question as well. Um, If I borrow 100% of my property value on a guarantor structure, so basically the guarantor supports the property, you don't put in any deposit or minimal deposit, can I access sub 80% rate? So is my interest rate going to be higher? Mm. No. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Okay, great. Great. Um, While guarantor structures can be tricky, one of the biggest benefits is you do generally get access to those lower rates because your LVR is across both securities. Sorry, loan-to-value ratio? (laughs) Is across both securities. So you might only be buying a $350,000 property, Mm -hmm. but you're securing it against your parents' $800,000 property. Mm -hmm. You've then got $1.1 million worth of real estate and only, say, $350,000 worth of debt. Mm -hmm. Um, It significantly reduces your risk position. Yep. Cool. And significantly increases your parents' risk position. Absolutely. (laughs) Just keep that in mind. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, What else can we cover off on? Um, What's what's on for the weekend as well? (laughs) I'm going to the Lions' Mm. first home game of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow night. Yep. Let's let's go, Lions. (laughs) So close. There's a ball involved. (laughs) You both get half points. Uh, Kidding, kidding. Yep. That's Um, me. Point for trying, though. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Hanging out with the dog. Yep. 
Okay. <laughs> Daisy, I believe, is the Daisy. dog's name. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm also going to hang out with my pooch. Mm. Um, don't have much else on. Mm. Okay. Kid? Yeah, I kind of want to see Batman. Yeah. Uh, I can recommend. Mm. Yeah. Or yes. not. Want to see Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man's on um, the Xbox store now. You can probably find know, it anywhere. But the whole the experience, experience of going to the movies. You get the popcorn, mm. you get drink, it's yeah. fun. Chocked up. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like a wine at home, you know? Yeah, but chocked up. How big's your TV? It's pretty big. Just sit really close to it. <laughs> <laughs> close the curtains, sit in the dark, right Sen- in front of the TV. Sensory deprivation, like <laughs> put a blanket over the TV. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think Batman would be really cool. I've heard some some good things, some mm-hmm. bad I've things. I've heard some bad things. Yeah. Some bad things. <laughs> It's, uh, it's Speaking bad. of bad things, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, I guess uh, any anything else, any other big things like uh, making offer, obviously um, a really big thing right now. Um, pre-approval is a really big thing as well. Um, some great questions as well that we got uh, asked, which is really, really, really good yeah. to work with. More, more questions. Yeah. Send them through. There's an email address. Yeah, um, podcast at thenewsteadgroup.com.au. That's it. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> Nailed it. I, I also need that address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, another big thing in the broking sphere, um, there are some people uh, looking at potentially leaving in future, not us. Um, so if you're a broker listening to this, let us know and we will buy you. <laughs> yeah, that's a... <laughs> Throw that out there. Yeah, great. Great. Email us at podcast. At any... <laughs> Please buy me. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast to keep up with our latest releases and follow us on Instagram at Brisbane Broker Podcast. The Newstead Group's brokers are fully accredited and operate under Australian Credit Licence 389087. For our full disclaimer, please read our show notes below and we hope you'll tune in to our next episode.